Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, November 15th, 2016. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 11, and we're at page 163, paragraph 2. Today's readers are, on the 12 steps, Raz R., on the 12 traditions, Leslie M., and readers of the text are Deb W., Martha Z., and Kelly S. The reference number for Monday, November 14th, is 9262. That's 9262. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Roz R. to read the 12 steps. Hi, good morning. Um, This is Roz R. from Florida, recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Roz. I will now ask Leslie M. to read the 12 traditions. Katie, this is Leslie M. Thank you for your service. Uh, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, 
The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Leslie M., how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute, which someone has done already, and I can hear them. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book, Chapter 11, on page 163, paragraph 2. And I will ask Deb W. to begin reading, and she's going to read two paragraphs, and we will comment on both of those paragraphs. Go ahead, Deb. Good morning. This is Deb W., recovered in Oklahoma. We know of an AA member who was living in a large community. He had lived there but a few weeks when he found that the place probably contained more alcoholics per square mile than any city in the country. This was only a few days ago at this writing, 1939. The authorities were much concerned. He had got in touch with a prominent psychiatrist who had undertaken certain responsibilities for the mental health of the community. The doctor proved to be able and exceedingly anxious to adopt any workable method of handling the situation. So he inquired, what did our friend have on the ball? Our friend proceeded to tell him, and with such good effect that the doctor agreed to test among his patients and certain other alcoholics from a clinic which he attends. Arrangements were also made with the chief psychiatrist of a large public hospital 
to select still others from the stream of misery which flows through that situation. As I was reading that this morning, I had a lot of thoughts, and I scribbled them down, which helps me keep uh, some kind of thought process flowing this early in the morning. Uh, but anyway, um, I, I, I uh, honed in on the place probably contained more alcoholics per square mile than any city in the a country. So, you know, it made me think of how many compulsive eaters probably are just right around us, you know, just right around us. I, and then I thought, but are we like, uh, let's just say churches who, you know, proclaim the good message, but, you know, are slow to go outside of the church for people who are still suffering. And, you know, instead we spend a lot of time working within our fellowship and trying to prop up those that, you know, that may not even be really quite ready to hear the message, to work the program, and uh, we have a, a fears stepping out. And so I was thinking, well, what are some of the fears that we have? Um, you know, and I was thinking, well, maybe the people that we see that are obvious to us um, that may could use a program, we're afraid. We're afraid to step up to them, afraid of being rejected, you know. Um, and am I still, do I work a program that, you know, I am out of the food, I know I'm out of the food, I know I've been blessed, I'm living in 10, 11, and 12, and so, you know, I assume that stepping, working step 12 is simply getting sponsees. I mean, true enough, we have plenty of people, you know, on the phone lines who are looking for sponsees. But, you know, down the block, I may have a hospital that has, you know, when I first came in the program, I mean, we were in the institutions. We were in the eating disorder institutions, and we had a meeting there, and we talked about the the fellowship and a lot of time people who were in these institutions that were introduced to the 12-step program uh once they walked out of the protection of the institution and into you know to life they lost it because there was nothing to follow up you know it, it is a disease it doesn't just stop being a disease because we you know you know, we we work the twelve steps. You know, it it is a disease that is is constant, and to have that fellowship that is reaching out the hand to to hold us and guide us is exactly what part of uh, what I believe part of step twelve is. Um, um, so let's see. Do uh, do we uh, use? To, okay, I was saying about that. Uh, do we participate in health fairs like we used to? Um, do we have recovered members in our meetings so that when the newcomers come to the uh, meetings, the young people, you know, our meetings have gotten, most of us are, are pretty well the old group. Uh, the young people come in and they look around them and do they see recovery? Because remember, this is attraction. And that's the biggest part is that it's attraction. I was attracted to these rooms because when I came in in my early 30s and I saw pictures of people that had, were before and after, I thought, well, I can do that. If that person did it, I can do it. And then also I, I went on to the line that said the doctor uh, proved to be 
able and exceedingly anxious to adopt workable solutions. These doctors, these places, they don't, today, they, a lot of them still don't quite get what's going on with us. You know, they, they, they are open to suggestions and ideas. And one of the things is how do we, how well do we sell the desire to to implement this program in your facility? Do we go in there and kind of mumble around and, yeah, I hope you accept us? Or are we as passionate as we are on these lines to see others recover? I mean, that is what attracted me to these lines is when I got on the phone and I heard so many people were so passionate because my recovery had died, you know, my the interest. I felt a lot of, uh, you know, uh, ho-hum with the, the fellowship, not because of the fellowship, because of the way my attitude toward it. And so the hope of recovery has to be just as exciting as the experience in each one of us. What we offer has to be hopeful and exciting. And with that, I think I'm done. <laughs> I pass. Thank you, Deb. <laughs> Thank you for your enthusiasm. Okay. Who would like to share on these two paragraphs on page 163, starting with We Know of an AA? Uh-huh. Charles H. Chris Larry. Melissa C. Okay. Chrissy. Okay. Linda D. Okay. Okay. Sarah W. Okay. This is not in order. And I apologize, and you'll just have to get over it. Um, Charles H., Kim G., Melissa C., Chrissy, uh, Linda, Larry K., Sarah W. Marie J. Marie J. Okay, so um, let's start with Charles H., followed by Kim G. Thank you, Katie, for your service and, and, and your impeccable hearing. Recovery really works in every aspect. Charles H., a recovered compulsive reader just for today. I want to uh, focus where it says, the doctor proved to be able and exceedingly anxious to adopt any workable method of handling the situation. You know, I was there, yesterday was World Diabetes Day, and, of course, I'm a diabetic, and um, I'm honored to um, carry the message to the still sick and suffering diabetics. Um, you know, uh, it's under control just for today, but I could recall days that uh, – it wasn't under control, you know, the catch-up days and the, the rice days and the, all those type of days, the pizza days, taking my will back and thinking that I could control the situation. Um, you know, these doctors, you know, and, and due to traditions, I couldn't mention Overeaters Anonymous. However, they pretty much got the message um, of hope. And, 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 you know, and, of course, it's a, it's a whatever, whatever it takes to, to, to um, carry the message. I don't want nobody losing their life, losing their toes, losing their... There is life without catch-up. You know, and the doctors, they they do not really understand like how Dr. Silkworth understands. However, um, I could take what I learned on these lines and carry it out into the world. You know, we plant the seeds, and we don't know who's going to grow up. I tell you, I, I, I work with a... De I was a devil-may-care character. And people count, don't ever count that newcomer. I don't care how much if you fall 700 times this morning, you know, whatever this morning, November 15, 2016, you could get up and work this program and be recovered just like, you know, 
other people that have recovered. You know, I thank God for, for, for this doctor, this specific doctor that gave me the first um, prescription that I need to understand. Charles, you need to put the ketchup down. Yes, that too. Charles, you need to put the rice down, all that stuff. And then I could begin to recover and have a spiritual. If I didn't have a spiritual awakening, I wouldn't care nothing about no other diabetic. And, 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 but I care about them. I have a passion for that, to bring that out into the world. And with no, no ketchup, this guy trying to give me ketchup on my egg white arm. No, sir. Thank you. No hot sauce either. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Charles. Okay, Kim G, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I'm going to chomp on that same sentence that, um, that Charles was chomping on. The doctor proved to be an able and exceedingly anxious to adopt any workable method of handling the situation. Because we have to understand that people want to help us. You know, when people are offering us bariatric surgery, they want to help us. And I have a girl at work that had that a year ago, and she's not a compulsive overeater. And believe me, I think it probably saved her life, and it's working for her. You know, the, a lot of food rehabs, which there's hardly any left, usually what they want to do is get a stable, and then they introduce moderate eating. And the big thing I hear now is intuitive eating. And if, that's, if you're not a compulsive overeater, that's going to work for you. Most conventional diet programs, what are they trying to do? They're trying to teach you to control and enjoy your eating. And if you're not a compulsive overeater, that's going to work too. I think of myself, you know, in many years in OA, what was I told those workable methods were? A 90 and 90. Now, unfortunately, being a real compulsive overeater, I always binge on day 91 the second I didn't go to a meeting. I was told to think to drink through. Once again, I'm told in the big book that I don't have the ability to pull into my with sufficient force to, to pull in those, those memories. I was told tools only. And at certain times, a phone call would work. At certain times, it wouldn't. You know, there's many divisions in OA, and there's many other 12-step food programs. And what are, why, why are we separated? Often because we get hooked in that this is the food plan that is the workable method. I'm going to define your abstinence for you because that's the workable method. I mean, I remember one time knowing that I was going to be okay because I bought the Tupperware that somebody else told me to get, and that was going to be the workable method. So the workable method has to be applicable to the actual disease. So what is our disease? We have to know what the disease is in order to know what the workable method is. So I have this twofold illness. I have a physical allergy, and I'm taught in the doctor's opinion about that, and I need to identify my specific binge foods, not what my sponsors is, not what my friend in the meetings is, but what are my alcoholic foods? And the answer to not having the allergy being triggered is not eating those foods. But if that was my only problem, those observations would be academic because I could simply make the decision not to take that first bite. So the larger aspect of my disease is that mental twist, that inability to, to uh, be able to say no. My mind telling me that this time is going to be different. And if I have that, if I have the allergy of the body, when I eat certain substances, I cannot reasonably predict how much I'm going to have, and I have the mental twist, which means I cannot stay stopped, if that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only, only a spiritual experience will conquer. So that workable method in the big book, in 12-step programs, ironically, is the 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim, <clears throat> Kim G. Okay. Um, 
Next, we have Melissa C., followed by Chrissy. I think it's M. Okay. Melissa C. Hi. Hi. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, when I think about that community um, that had more alcoholics than, you know, in a square mile or, um, you know, I look at my community and there is no doubt that um, there's an epidemic. You know, and um, I, I see obesity running rampant here, and I I believe that the majority of the people that I see um, probably have what I have. Um, you know, I, I go to, like, the supermarket over the weekend, and it breaks my heart because I see lots of morbidly obese people in, you know, in the automatic carts, um, and I'm watching what's on their conveyor belt. Um, not that I'm watching with a mean eye, but just I, I see the disease and it's a cautionary tale for me, you know, because there for the grace of God go I. If I didn't find this program of recovery, if I didn't find a connection with my higher power, I know 100% that that would be me. And, um, you know, I, I also know, like, my doctor had um, – really read me the riot act, you know, fraught the emotional appeal, um, and, and telling me I was killing myself. And for a normal person, that would be enough to get you to walk away from the food, to put it down. But it didn't, you know, it actually sent me on a binge, um, because I was so uncomfortable hearing that, you know, my doctor told me that I had to have the surgery. There was going to be no alternative for me. And, you know, my closest best friend um, uses the same doctor, and she has the surgery, and um, she's my old age eating buddy. So, um, you know, without diagnosing her, I, I, you know, she's gaining all the weight back, and, and it's, it's extremely painful to watch. I pray for her every day, um, because I know she knows what I'm doing, you know, and, um, and I can't ram it down her throat. It's available to her, um, you know, and I leave her in God's hands at this point and just continue to live the message. And um, and when I'm asked, um, be honest about what it is that I do and what it is that I have. And today I'm going to the doctor for my physical, and um, I'm bringing a newcomer's packet with me today because I know he's going to say to me, um, wow, your weight's off. You know, you've kept this weight off. You've really lost um, you know, the last I weighed myself has been 140 pounds that I've lost. So I, I know that I have an opportunity to carry the message today. And I hope that he is receptive. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And now we have Chrissy M. followed by Linda. I don't know. Hello. Hi, this is Chrissy G. Chrissy G. Thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, good morning. Hi, Katie. It's Chrissy G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Anorexic from New Jersey. And I I don't know what's going to happen with the meeting that me and my friend are starting. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're starting a meeting in our area. And it's, 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 it's kind of like, when when I when I expose other people, doubters, people who 
who would be maybe turned off by the idea that this is a disease, like just really um, kind of poo-poo it and don't buy it. You know, it's I feel protect I feel protective because it's my life and death is on the line to believe that premise. Because if I don't believe that it's it's a disease, a spiritual malady, you know, a twofold illness, then this wouldn't be a workable solution. So, you know, to expose, and, and I, I think that, I honestly think that it does take a great support system of people that are working it and are working in their lives that I could count on because when you go out and you try to spread a message that is only last gaspers are really going to take hold of and the people that have more, you know, food binges in them are going to, you know, they say they would, someone like that could talk me into a binge quicker than I could talk them out of the binge if I really sat around and tried to appeal to them and convince them. And I, I believe that that's true. The workable solution is for people who are, are I believe, are true compulsive overeaters, but also even the ones that are true compulsive overeaters, if they're not, if they're not desperate, if they still have another good idea, you know, a, a solution that seems more workable because, you know, no disrespect to the doctor, but, and, 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 and uh, this workable solution, is it really a workable solution to, most people would they really think that I mean it's a lot it's a lot to take in we're talking about you know one little area of life to some people that they just need to get under control and then we're blowing it up blowing it out of the water and saying you know it's your it's your your whole thinking your whole makeup the whole way you live and behave in your life that's affecting you're eating. It's not just your eating. I mean, that's a lot to take in. So I don't mean to sound negative except to say that discouragement can be there if, if I'm not realistic about how difficult it could be at times to spread to spread this message. But the good news is that it is a workable solution, and it does work. So for those who, who want to do it, then they get the benefit. And that's all I have to think. Thank you so much, um, Chrissy. Okay, now we have Linda followed by Larry K. Maybe Linda R, maybe Linda D. I don't know. Is it my turn? It's Linda D. Linda D, yes, thank you. Thanks. Uh, I'm Linda D from Connecticut, and I'm so thrilled and grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater. In a month, one day at a time, I'll have four years of perfect abstinence. That's impossible. And recovered through the 12 steps from the big book, hooked into the visions meeting and all the tools. I've been in OA 30, almost 34 years. Now, there's something happening in OA, and this speaks to what Deb was speaking to. What are we doing out in the world? I'll tell you my opinion, my experience. 
and that is I'm also in AA, and without my planning it, because of what I'm learning and living through all of what I've mentioned, um, I share that when it's appropriate in AA. And people come up to me here, there, because of what I have, what I am. And they will say to me, you're different, what happened? Because they know I've been sober like forever. So that's very important for me to say in a meeting, to reach out in a meeting. It's not an OA meeting, but there are people there who are cross-addicted. Because in point of fact, there's a lot of cross-addiction, all kinds. And America's, in my opinion, filled with it, addiction. So all kinds. So um, I think it's Harlan who says that uh, someone in the program who's been around a long time says in their experience that um, this is a cutting edge, this is a renaissance in OA. And I believe that. I said it to my sponsor and she said it to me. Um, I have to be very patient because when I look around in the supermarket, as was said, or, or the mall or whatever, it's overwhelming to see how many people, bulimic people, well, you don't know they're bulimic, anorexic people you can see for sure, um, all sorts of degrees, and only God can fix this because only God could fix me. So the point of it is to do what someone in the program has said over and over, recover, recover, recover. That's what they want. They want to see it. And a few will want to actually do it. And I thank God I want to actually do it. And I pass. Thank you so much, Linda. Okay, now we have Larry Kay followed by Sarah W. Hey, Katie, thanks so much for your service. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsible Reader. You know, this, this whole chapter, I mean, we're talking about a workable method. You know, that's these steps, the practical program of action in this chapter vision for you lays out a plan for getting rid of the very root of my problem. It's in the big book above everything. I must be rid of this selfishness. I must, or it kills me. And you know, what does this mean? I mean, I can see the connection between this sentence and dying an alcoholic death mentally and physically. You know, I mean, if, if selfishness does not go, I'll create a condition within myself called the spiritual malady that is so uncomfortable, it's so painful, that at some point in time, my mind will remember something that will treat that condition. And for me, it's called, you know, Oreos or pizza or, or heroin, whatever it is. And I'm going to pick up the syringe or the spoon, doesn't matter, same thing. And I'm going to activate the phenomenon of craving. So, I mean, this is the essence of my problem, you know, my selfishness, my self-centeredness. That's, that's what, what you and I are up against. And that's why we spend a lot of time on the inventory to show us what we're up against, that that which we didn't even know we were up against. Because I, I didn't know. I thought, see, I, I wasn't up against stuffing and pumpkin pie. That's not what I was up against. Oh, no. See, we're up against selfishness and self-centeredness. That's a much bigger barrier. And guess what? You can't rid yourself of this self-centeredness. That's what I learned in this book, without God's aid. <laughs> I need God's aid. 
and neither can I reduce my self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on my power. I had to have God's help. You know, and did I understand that those sentences referring to the, the selfishness and the self-centeredness and needing God's help to rid that from me? Did I understand that this is directly tied to my heroin foods? It's the selfishness and the self-centeredness. You know, if I've never made that connection, I may have to ask God to help me to set aside everything I thought I knew about my disease, about my, my affliction, about my malady, and, and to fill me, to help me to think and feel and do what God would have me do. That's what I needed to do to make that connection. So grateful for this program. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, now uh, Sarah W., followed by Marie J. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service today. Sarah W., uh, from Iowa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, where it says um, you got in touch with a prominent psychiatrist who had undertaken certain responsibilities for the mental health of the community. The doctor proved to be able and exceedingly anxious to adopt any workable method of handling the situation, so he inquired. Um, I I did do a health fair recently, and, um, you know, you do have to put yourself out there. Um, You know, it's it's time and energy, and it's also really going with the idea of, um, you you know, I'm a God squad, you know. Um, I started a meeting here in a town of 5,500, um, which is doing relatively well. Um, we do put out um, over the uh, radio and um, also um, in the newspaper that the meeting is available. And um, I was at a play this weekend, um, a high school play, and I happened to see a um, a physician that I work with because I'm a nurse on home health. But anyway, um, I saw her, and I know she likes me, and she had seen me when I was at my heaviest about four and a half years ago. And um, I thought, you know, she was with her children, but I thought, you know, I'm going to go over and just say hello. So I I said hi, and she said, oh, my gosh, you look so wonderful. And I said, I I feel really good, too. And um, I said, you know, uh, she said, I know you started a meeting. And I said, I did. And she said, um, I have sent somebody uh, or recommended that. I said, that's wonderful. I said, is there any way I can come into the clinic and do a little bit of a in-service about um, about what Overeaters Anonymous is? And she gave me a couple of names. Uh, so I have a little uh, connection there. And then um, another thing happened where um, I know a, a, a therapist that um, is wonderful in the community and kind of on the upper echelon of it. And... Um, I also uh, contacted her at the health fair, and she was very interested and has recommended Overeaters Anonymous to a few people. So I think, I think, uh, and there is a there is a pamphlet called um, uh, Reaching Out to the Professionals. I think that's what it's called, Health Professionals or something in that vein. And I have used that. Uh, so I just think that we really um, we can do a lot more. We can do a lot more. The other programs do a lot more. We need to start getting into the medical community and the clergy. But I'm so grateful today that um, that I have the willingness, and I'm grateful that other people helped me 
uh, I've tried everything, and, and this was the final, you know, the last house on the block, and I'm so grateful that I'm here, uh, but for the grace of God, and, uh, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you, Sarah. Okay, Marie J., you're up. Hi, thank you for your service, Katie. This is Marie J. from Colorado. I'm grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. And uh, this is all about service. There's millions of us out there, and there's newcomers on this line who need to hear the message and who are afraid. And before vision, carrying the message and sponsoring and taking it out there was a real nightmare for me because I was selfish and I was afraid, and I didn't have the instructions. And um, I was also afraid I didn't have something to share. But when I think about what do I have to share, I have the struggle to share because it hasn't been easy. And people identify with that. And there is a solution. And we have the solution to carry. And for me, you know, I had the gift of um, desperation. And it took me a long time to find gratitude in desperation through relapse and relapse taught me to take um, nothing for granted and to know that my addict is always lurking in the background and resting on my laurels is dangerous and leads me to relapse. And there's hope. That's hope for the compulsive overeater because I got through it and I came out of it. And by the grace of God, I came out of it with trust and action and labor. I came out of it. And also the gift of desperation brought me to total abstinence, which was was hell. It was totally scared me to death, but it was about giving up control. And I didn't want to give up control. And I didn't want to trust in a power greater than me to tell me what to eat and what not to eat. But in the end, by releasing that and giving up the control, total abstinence made me safe and it made me forget about food. And that is a message to carry because people are afraid. People are afraid to give up that control and do the total abstinence. And Desperation brought me to God. The noise in my head has stopped finally, and the pain has stopped finally, and the transformation spiritually continues to unfold, and it's taken me nearly four years to find our higher power, find something that I could attach myself to and connect to, and lose the God of my past and my upbringing, which was very difficult upbringing with, with regard to spirituality and God. And people need to hear that people who are new to this, who don't, want to, who don't want to attach to God or whatever you want to call God, that that is a message to carry, and it's an important message. And I had the directions all along before vision, but without this group to carry the message to me, my self-reliant self, it wasn't going to get anywhere. I wasn't going to recover. And now I have the gift and the privilege because I've learned, because I know where the instructions are now, and I know how to give that back. So I have the privilege to carry the message. I have the privilege and I have the instructions, so I needn't be afraid. I don't have to come up with it. It's all written there. It's all, it's all in black and white. So it's no longer a nightmare to carry the message. It's something that I'm excited about. It's something that I, I am excited to give back because of everything I've received and what I know now. So that's it. Thanks. Thank you so much, Marie. Is there anyone else who would like to share on these paragraphs? Patsy B. Okay, Patsy B, and then we'll move on with um, Martha Z to the next paragraph. Go ahead, Patsy. 
Yes. Patsy, compulsive overeater from Minnesota. And this is my first time speaking, really. Yesterday I had a doctor appointment, a checkup, and I brought the brochure for the professional, and I tried to talk to him about um, being a compulsive overeater, and um, he was understanding, but yet he kind of um, stuck up for the dietitian. I brought one for her also, because when I went to see her under his, um, uh, you know, advice, uh, she looked at me and said, OA's not for you, it's not working. Well, at 300 pounds, it's hard to be a witness and to promote OA as a whole. Anyway, um, I have lost 90 pounds in the past, but then I had a bunch of, of depression and gained all but 25 back so my doctor has seen this and um he kind of uh didn't understand and i hope he did read the pamphlet because they kind of just stick it in their their um file and i hope that he reads it but um i am on the right track with vision for you. I just tuned in about three weeks ago, and I started going through the doctor opinion with someone yesterday, and um, I'm also from AA, and I'm across addiction. I picked up food after I quit the alcohol, and... I haven't been into the big book like I am getting into the big book with this group. Anyway, I am very, very grateful that I was introduced to Vision for You because I feel it is like a renaissance or a new beginning because I have been involved in face-to-face -face meetings. I go to two of them a week and... They need more strength. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Patsy. Okay, um, will Martha Z please read the next paragraph? Good morning, Katie. Um, this is Martha Z. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from near Philadelphia. So our fellow worker will soon have friends galore. Some of them may sink and perhaps never get up. But if our experience is a criterion, more than half of those approached will become fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. When a few men in this city have found themselves and have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again, there will be no stopping until everyone in that town has had the opportunity to recover, if he can and will. Good morning, my friends in recovery. Um, so uh, the first thing I wanted to, to focus on was friends galore. And um, I have made the most special friends in a way. I, I think because of recovery, I mean, I've learned how 
to be honest and open and to, you know, have that intimacy with people that I always craved. And um, I was talking to one of my special OA friends yesterday, and I said, you know, you, my sister, my relationship with my sister has been challenging. And I said to my friend, you know, you are my sister. You are my older sister. So um, it is It is. many of my friends in OA and, you know, have, have been family to me. And then um, it says something about when a few men in the city have found themselves. And um, it made me think about the prayer of St. Francis and, at the end, it says, for it is by self-forgetting that one finds. And um, that's also been my experience in OA, um, that I I had no clue who I was when I first started. And it is really by helping others that I, I am finding myself and, you know, um, yeah, be, you know, knowing what's important, what's valuable in life and, um I've found myself, and and I've I've found God, uh, my higher power. So, and then the next part about joy of helping others, um, it takes me back to you know the beginning of chapter seven where it talks about you know helping others is the bright spot, and that is certainly true in my life. And I I was talking to one of my sponsees the other day, and I was talking about you know it's it's so interesting because it's. You know, I think we start helping others because we realize that in order to keep it, we have to give it away. But it gets so transcended by the joy of helping others. You know, I mean, it, it's not, I'm not thinking about, oh, I'm going to help this person. You know, I need to stay abstinent. It is really because I've been changed and I, I want to help others and I care about them. And then it says, um, also, uh, in Step 12, in the AA 12, 12 where it talks about um, the joy of living is the theme of, of Step 12, and again, more joy. And then it says, if he can and will, and um, I just always think about how we always say, you know, OA is not for people who need it or want it, it's for people who do it. And it is all about action. You know, it's it's all about doing it. It's not all about thinking about it, it's all about doing it, so... So grateful to be here with all of you. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Martha. Who would like to share on this paragraph? We have time for about three people. Kathy. And Paula S. Joanne L. Janet. Okay, Devorah, I got you. There was someone before you. Joanne L. Joanne L. And one other person. Pat, Pat P. P. Pat P. Okay. M. Sorry. And Leah M. Is yes. that what that was? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I took my glasses off and I can't hear. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm serious. I don't know why I can't hear. And right. Maybe that's from. Okay. Joanne, then Deborah, then Pat, then Leah. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. This is Joanne L. from Rhode Island, and thank you so very much for your service today. And thank you to everybody who has shared. Um, I had, I just love this meeting, and I'm so grateful that I'm home from work for a while um, because I hurt myself. Uh, not because I hurt myself. I had surgery. 
but um, this has given me the opportunity to get um, to start my recovery all over again. So the line that pops out at me is the second line that says some of them may sink and perhaps never get up. You know, we have a saying here in Rhode Island, and it's just like being in the mafia. You know, once you get in, you can't get out. And I have been in, (laughs) you know, I've been in here for quite a while, and I am so grateful. And it's like I won't leave, and I can't leave. You know, I I I cannot ever foresee the day that I'm ever going to say that's it. I quit. I'm never coming back again. And um, I just love it so much. And it, you know, it, if people are struggling, and I don't care how many years that you've been struggling, never ever 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 quit. You know, always always um, you know come back, and always you know um, try to get back on your feet again. Because it is the most wonderful program. And, you know, as as far as making um, friends, I've had made so many friends in this program. It's unbelievable. But just being home, I've had so many phone calls from all over the United States, plus Australia. Somebody reached out to me from Australia. I, I just couldn't get over that. You know, somebody thought of me from Australia to call me here in Rhode Island. You know, they're a day ahead, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to catch up to them. I keep asking Siri, what time is it in Australia so I can call them? <laughs> but, you know, I just love this so very, very, very much. And I'm just so, um, I want to say thank you, you know, uh, so much to everybody that has reached out to me. And, um, and I love this line too. It says, "Are you seeing myself in a room alone?" Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Is that it? I don't know if somebody was talking there. Yeah, no, that wasn't me. Go ahead. Oh, okay, just just I'll wrap it up real quick. And um, and it, just the last line that says, "When a few men in the city have found themselves and have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again," well, you know, the word joy is Jesus. Uh, self, um, Jesus, ours, and yourself. That's what that word means. Um, and so, you know what? It's God. It's all God for me. You know, God just works in our lives in mysterious ways, and and I'm just delighted to have been here today. Thank you so very much, Pat. Thank you so much, Joanne. Okay, Devorah O, followed by Pat P. Hi, how are Actually, this is Sipora S, actually, <laughs> but it's okay. It's fine. Um, hi, this is Sipora S. Thank God I recovered. Um, the, you know, I have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again. You know, when I started off 10 months ago, when I first came into program, I was not able to face life whatsoever. Any emotion that I possibly felt, I tried to block out and numb it with food. And suddenly when I had to put the food down, it was literally like taking an oxygen mask off of my face. Like, how am I supposed to survive without a slice of pizza, you know? And then... Only now is there an actual joy of living life and being able to feel emotions and being able to do it with my higher power. And what's so special is now I'm discovering the joy of helping others by being there for others. And I'm identifying with that feeling. I'm looking at them and I'm, I'm listening to how they're trying to avoid their emotions and they're living in fear and, and they're just so uncomfortable feeling tragedy or pain or stress or, or worry or fear or whatever it is that they're feeling. And there's such a joy in just helping them give them the tools through the steps to teach them how to just take it one day at a time, take it one minute at a time, and do it with their higher power. And um, even myself, you know, recently I went through a tragedy where a family member of mine passed away, 
And it was such a warm, heartfelt feeling doing it with God, doing with my half power. It was the first type of tra- tra- tragedy, I mean, tragedy where I didn't feel like I was doing it alone. I was just breathing it in, taking in the pain, but there was such serenity. And I'm so happy I went through that in a recovered state. And now there's such a joy that I could take that with me and I could help others face life again. There's nothing, nothing like it. It is so much more worth it than what my life was like with the food. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Okay, Pat P., followed by Leah M. Hi, this is Pat P. from Minnesota. I'm a compulsive overeater. I want to thank all of you for your service, the host, and and uh, for being on this program with a very, very positive attitude. I think that's what attracts all the people, is what we say and what we share. I am uh, thankful for what it says. So our fellow worker will soon have friends galore. And that is so true. I've been in the program for many, many years in, in uh, OA and OA How, but I, I find that they're my best friends to talk to because it's the only place I feel I'm secure and I can be honest and say anything. And as I work this program, I find that I can be more honest in the outside world and not have that fear. I am grateful that I found this program and I think it was a godsend because I wasn't looking for this program. I had relapsed and I wanted to come back on to OA. And somebody has said that you you really don't. Once you get into this program, you really don't want to get out. It's something that sticks with you throughout your life, especially if you've worked it and know the difference. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, Leah M., you'll be our last share this morning. Thank you so much, Katie. Um, Some of them may sink and perhaps never get up, but if our experience is a criterion, more than half of those approach will become fellows. You know, I look at us every morning as like a big show-and-tell operation. Um, Again, this is not about personal success or personal recognition or what I have done. It's about what's possible through implementing these 12 steps. I get wound up here because I love this program, and I get charged up every morning, uh, not because I get excited to talk, uh, not because I get excited about me. I'm not excited about me. I get excited about us. I get excited about the diversity and the variety of people on this line who, through implementing these 12 steps in their own individual lives with support, uh, can have this transformed life. I have recovered from a seemingly hopeless condition of mind and body, and I am not alone. And the big book uses recovered, uses that word, because it shows a complete change in one's attitude. It is the advertisement to the compulsive overeater who still suffers that there is a way out. I no longer have the illness I used to have. True, it's a bite away. True, it's a daily reprieve contingent on my spirituality. There is no graduation for someone like me. However, if you're a real compulsive overeater, you will understand that I used to live a life where food changed instantly my perception of reality and it gave me a sense of ease and comfort. What if I 
which I did. And what if you could find a way to live where my mind didn't lock on that sense of ease and comfort that came at once by eating the food? And that process is called recovery. And that's what this is all about. And that's why we gather every morning to speak about our experience implementing the steps and being in a recovered way of life. There is hope. There's a way out. You got to do the work. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Okay. Um, thank you to everyone who has shared. Thank you to Roz R, Leslie M, and our readers, Deb W, Martha Z, and Kelly S. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Kelly S. please read A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to Be Suggestive Only. Hey, Katie. Thanks for your service. This is Kelly S. in Oklahoma, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.